Hello everyone, this is the 12th episode of Bible Beyond, and today we're going to learn about David and Michael. Our passage comes from 2 Samuel uh, chapter 6, verses 16 through 23. It says, As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in place, inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts, and distributed it among the people, the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed, each to his own house. And David returned to bless his own household. But Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants' female servants as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. And David said to Michael, It was before the Lord, who chose me above your father and above all his house, to appoint me as prince over Israel, and before the Lord, and I will celebrate before the Lord. I will make myself yet more contemptible than this, and I will be abased in your eyes. But by the female servants of whom you have spoken, by them I shall be held in honor. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. So this is one of those stories in the Bible where uh, we don't really have much historical context, and because of that, it's very, very confusing when we first read it. But today we're going to dive into it, we're going to break it apart, and we're going to figure out what this means. And I think in doing so, what we're going to find is that this story demonstrates the attitude that we should have towards God, and how that should make us a light in our own communities. All this and more on Bible Beyond. So before we start interpreting this passage, what I want to do is, is provide all the necessary uh, historical context in order to understand this passage. Because, David, this is not the first time that David has shown up in the Bible. There are many more chapters uh, before this that you know, talk about David's life previously up to this point, and there are also many chapters uh, after this passage where we'll see David in the Bible. So this is by no means the first or the last time that we will see the character David. So again, in order to understand David more fully, what I want to do is uh, go over just very briefly everything that's happened in David's life thus far that has brought him to this point. The very first time that we see David, he is a shepherd boy 
in Israel. Which may not sound very exciting, but he's far different from any other kid in Israel. Because when he's a teenager, the prophet Samuel comes to him and he anoints him, saying that one day David will be the king of Israel. Now, this doesn't mean that David is king just yet. But what David does have is a promise from God that someday he will sit on the throne of Israel. And sure enough, just as you'd expect, David, you know, he, he rapidly progresses in Israel's society. He, he wins all these great battles. He becomes an incredible military commander. And for a moment, it seems that nothing can stop him from becoming king. But unfortunately, there is one large barrier in the way to that accomplishment, and his name is Saul. Because remember, David isn't king yet. Instead, there's another king on the throne, and that's Saul. And Saul, what he realizes is two things. Number one, he realizes that he, right now, is king of Israel. What he realizes, secondly, is that this shepherd, this kid named David, is about to overtake him, and he's about to take the crown away from Saul. And because of this, Saul is very, very distraught, and he decides that the only way that he can keep his kingdom is if David dies. So Saul tries to kill David, but luckily, by the grace of God, David escapes. And for years, he's on the run from Saul as a wanted fugitive, even though he never really did anything wrong. But even though he's in this, this terrible situation, this, this hopeless uh, set of circumstances, he has this really marvelous, unshakable trust in God. David is an author, uh, one of the authors of the Psalms, and he wrote Psalm 13, which I think it does a good job of summarizing this time that he had in the wilderness. It says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. Again, we can, we can see that David is in a terrifying place, but yet he has this trust in God. It says in verse 5, But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So he has this extraordinary trust in God, and eventually it turns out that it's well placed. Because he does, in fact, become king of Israel. He secures his place on the throne, and he's the ruler of the Israelites. And one of his first official acts as king is to bring the Ark of God into the city. 
And that is the last event before we come to our passage. And in this passage, you know, they've, they've brought the ark into the city, and what David is doing is he's dancing. He's dancing before the Lord. And what's important to know is that David was not only a king, but also a priest. So because of that, he wore the royal robes, but he also wore the priestly, what's called the linen ephod. And when David starts dancing, he's, he's not dancing naked. He's, he's wearing the linen ephod, but what he does is he takes off his royal robes. And this is where Michael seems to have a problem. Because what David was doing by taking off his, his royal robes, his, his kingly clothing, is he was humbling himself before the Lord. And that's where the conflict arises. And it's because of David taking off his, his, his royal robes that Michael has a problem with. Now, what's very strange here is that both David and Michael are given the exact same information. They're provided with the exact same knowledge of the situation, and yet when David comes home, they have vastly different reactions. Unfortunately, we can't do this today, but if we could go up to David as he was dancing, and we could ask him, David, what's going on right now? He would probably say something along the lines of, oh, well, you know, we, uh, we just brought the Ark of the Lord um, into the city, and, you know, I've taken off my royal robes, and I'm dancing before the Lord. And again, if we could, if we went to Michael, and we said, hey, Michael, what's going on? Well, she would probably say, Oh, well, uh, it seems that they just brought the Ark of the Lord into the city, and David is taking off his royal robes and dancing. See, they're both provided with the exact same information about the situation, and yet they have vastly different reactions. David sees his actions as proper, and yet Michael sees them as improper. So let's let's go back to our, um, our original passage, and let's see what Michael says when David comes home. She says, How the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants' female servants, as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So this is the perspective that Michael has. I can just imagine Michael, uh, you know, leaning out of a windowsill and seeing this commotion take place. And from, from that perspective, from what she sees, she sees the king who is not acting as a king. Because, you know, well, two things. Number one, the king would be wearing his royal robes because the king is royalty. And yet David's not doing that. Secondly, David is dancing before the Lord, yes, but also in front of these people. Which, if anything, she must have been thinking, you know, 
David is the king. The king doesn't dance before the people, especially not like this. If anything, the people dance before the king. And it's, it's from that windowsill, from that perspective, that she sees David's actions. She sees them as improper. What David doesn't say is, you know, oh, I kind of did like, you know, the first 30%. Then I had a hard time, so, you know, God did the next 10%, and then I was able to get away with doing, you know, the last 60%. So, all in all, it was about 90% me, 10% God. No, he, he gives the credit to God. And that's why he says, I will celebrate before the Lord. Now, notice, what's, uh, what's the key difference in their responses? I think... You know, of course, they have obviously different reactions, but I think the key difference is that in Michael's response, when she talks to David, she doesn't mention God. She doesn't mention, uh, you know, God's role in the situation. She doesn't take that into account, but David does. In fact, we can see that his entire perspective is revolving around God. It's based off of what he's seen God do in his life. But Michael never takes that into account. That's the one major difference between their reactions, but it fully explains why they see things so differently. Because, you know, as Michael, who doesn't take into account what God has done, then it looks like, well, you know, David deserves this. You know, he, he, he shouldn't be dancing in front of these people. You know, he, he deserves to be king. He is the king. But when David takes into account all that God has done in his life, the many times that, you know, God has saved him from Saul, how God has, you know, provided these open doors, provided these opportunities for him to step into the role as king, that vastly changes his perspective. And that's the one difference between Michael and David, is Michael doesn't take into account the presence of God when she makes her assessment of the situation, and yet David does. So where does David get this awareness of what God has done? Where does he get this awareness that has caused him to be so humble, that has allowed him to worship before the Lord? Where did he get this? Well, I think that the answer is pretty simple, but it, it can be hard to achieve. The answer is through faith. I'd like to go to John 15, uh, verses 4 through 5. This is where Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in, it, in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. That just spells it out. That's the 
line of thinking that David has. And it's what Jesus describes right here. See, what Jesus uh, compares our relationship to God to is a vine. It's a vine with branches growing off of it. And these branches, what they do is they produce fruit. But if you think about it, if the branches producing the fruit are attached to the vine, then they're reliant on the vine in order to make that fruit. Because the vine, what the vine does is it, it goes into the ground and it sucks up that nutrients and everything that the branches need and it delivers it to the branches so that they can generate fruit. That's the process of the plant. And because of this, if you were to you know, take some scissors, if you were to cut off the branches, they would no longer be able to produce any fruit. Because all of a sudden, they're cut off from what they need. And the same goes for our faith. The same goes for our relationship with God. What David understands is that he does and he always has needed God to supply him. To supply him with the hope that he needs to carry on. To supply him with the opportunities he needed to step into that role as king. It could have never happened without God. Because again, David realizes that he is a branch. And he has produced a lot of fruit, but that's not completely because of him. He couldn't have done it if he were not attached to the vine, if he did not know God. That's the major difference. It's faith that differentiates Michael and David. It differentiates Michael's arrogance and David's humbleness. Now, hopefully you recognize uh, how this process works. Hopefully we recognize now that we are the branches and therefore we're dependent on the vine. But something I want to address is how do we become attached to the vine? How do we gain this relationship with God that David had, that carried him through these terrible times in his life that supported him, that brought him to this moment, that has caused him to take off his royal robes and worship God. Well, again, this, this comes through faith, but faith in what exactly? This comes through faith in Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, which is Jesus, should not perish, but have eternal life. And it's in him, if we believe in him, that we now know God, that we have a relationship with him, just as David did. And it's on that note that I'd like to close us in prayer. Dear God, thank you for the illustration you've provided us with of David and Michael. Thank you for showing us the difference between the two characters 
and how that difference originates from faith. Please allow us to trust in Jesus, to have this faith, to have this humbleness, to worship you just as David did. Help us recognize that we are the branches and you are the vine, that we should be totally and completely dependent on you. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been the 12th episode of Bible Beyond. A huge thanks to my grandfather for creating the great music you're listening to right now. And thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more, check back with us when we have a new episode up and ready. But until then, have a great day.